0: what is up everyone welcome to the show it is denise salcedo here on after the week joined by my good pal will washington uh, first and foremost we want to thank you guys so much for uh waiting for us to uh start this show uh, a lot of things going down so we had to push the show uh an hour later but it's okay we are here and we are ready to talk about the week i know we're not usually live at this hour or on this date but given that it's christmas this weekend we were like okay well let's do a friday show instead of our our normal Sunday time slot. So with that being said, Will, what is up? How are you feeling? Anything interesting going on in your life at the moment?
1: Sure. Uh, I just recorded an interview that uh, ran a little bit long. But luckily, the entirety of that interview will be available this week. So you'll understand why it ran a little bit long and ended up um, not being able to start the show when we had planned that's okay i appreciate everybody sticking around and and being with us um and it's weird doing a show called after the week when the week hasn't ended yet but that's okay there's a lot to talk about i still have three things i loved i still have one thing i hated this is after the week i am in a good mood i just got to eat uh peanut butter cookies that we made because this is a thing we do around christmas time what 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 is you what is your family's like christmas festivity
0: So we celebrate tomorrow. So my celebrations going down tomorrow, I do absolutely nothing on Christmas Day. Uh, The party for us is on Christmas Eve, we all get together, we have tamales, we have champurrado, we have flan, and we open presents and we laugh and all of that good stuff. And then, uh, and then that's it. That's pretty much my uh, Christmas tradition what's yours like do you celebrate christmas day or christmas eve
1: uh, no christmas day we're pretty much it's like morning we open presents like i got two kids all right so like i'm usually woken up butt crack of dawn and we open presents <laughs> and everything and then uh but by about like eight thirty, day's kind of over um and we usually go see a movie christmas day that's a big thing because um my wife comes from a Jewish family, and so it's a little bit of a mix of okay. One of the big Jewish traditions is go see a movie on Christmas. Really? So we go see... Oh yeah, know of course. That. I mean, yeah, Jewish families aren't celebrating Christmas, so uh, yeah. But I didn't know like... that
0: they went to the movies. But well, so it's like a, yeah.
1: it's like go do something that you would do on a normal day, and so but also. That's kind of exploded in, in traditions in general just because there's been so many December releases in film lately. Like my kids want to go see Puss in Boots right now and there's <laughs> all of that. But uh, leading up to it, we usually do a big um, Christmas cookie party, which is actually going on upstairs in my house right now. Uh, if you hear like... Footsteps... You,
0: could be at a cookie party. you could be at a cookie party, but yet you're doing a podcast right now. Will?
1: Well, first off, This is a cookie party's
0: priority, okay?
1: First off, this is a cookie party for children. So avoiding (laughs) the uh, voices of children right now is actually going to be a little bit of a relief for me. Uh, I I don't know if people heard that. Cookie party uh, is
0: out of control. I heard that right now. All this screaming and
1: hollering. Yes, there are kids upstairs that are just having a blast. There's 11-year-olds that... look uh that that too that could be it um although i have to say i haven't heard this yet i'm sure this is a joke that's been made across multiple podcasts but oliver drake with the whoop whoop it's the sound of the denise that's actually really good i appreciate that reference thank you um of course, Denise, not an old hip hop head. Why would she know KRS-One references? No,
0: sorry. Uh, I, I thought you were talking uh, about the sound of music. No. Because but... he was like, the sound of Denise. And I was like, oh, the sound of music.
1: No, it, there's a song, KRS-One, Sound of the Police. And it's like, whoop, whoop. That's the oh, sound of I the whoop, police. Oh, I whoop, right now? No, it's just they're just changing They're just police. They're just changing the song, Sound of the Police, to Sound of the Denise. That's it.
0: That's oh, I kind of, I don't get it, Will. That's clever. I don't get it. I'm sorry. Look, we got to do like a it and I still don't get we it.
1: we have to do like a whole will gives Denise a lesson in hip hop music uh because that's the only way we can educate I'm this sorry. young uncultured lady over here. Folks, um all right. let's talk about some pro wrestling, shall we? Because she's
0: gone off the rails. All because oh. of the cookie party.
1: Yeah, exactly. Look, I just ate some delicious peanut butter bars that were freaking great thanks to my mother-in-law who made those uh but i'm ready i'm sugared up i am let's fucking go
0: all right let's fucking go then let's get right into it will first and foremost i know it's friday we still haven't gotten to watch smackdown or rampage and we normally do the show on sunday but with that being said how have you felt about the wrestling week uh heading into the holidays
1: uh I liked a lot this week. There's a lot of stuff I was a really, really big fan of this week. And so, oddly enough, I have enough content for a show this week. Look, uh, and and the thing is, there's a piece of me. There's a piece of my soul that dies a little bit when I have to watch pre-taped wrestling. And the fact is, both Friday shows are pre-taped this week. Rampage is always taped, or 90% of the time taped. And then SmackDown's taped this week. So already, I'm like... I don't know. I don't know if you have that disconnect the way I do. I I like
0: to be live, like in the moment. And if it's not live in the moment, I feel like it just doesn't feel the same. And I've said this all the time. And I think it goes true. It rings true for like everything. Like When you you watch sports, nobody likes to watch a pre-taped or like not a pre-taped, but like a recorded game on a DVR. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes to watch live. And that's how I feel with my wrestling as well.
1: Well, it's also like the liberties that are taken with the pre-taped shows and that's the stuff I can't stand. Um, You can tell it a lot on Rampage where like, uh, for example, the match cards when they do the rundowns for the following week of dynamite usually is done in post it's usually not done live and you can absolutely tell Excalibur is like recording those lines from home and it's like there's this massive jump in his voice where you could tell he's at ringside and then all of a sudden he sounds like he's in the comfort like sitting on his couch and uh it's it's completely different takes me out of the show a lot of the time and Smackdown back when it was taped in the old days was like highly guilty of that where michael cole would sound and like at least recording technology gotten better but 10 years ago michael cole would absolutely sound like he was in another universe when all of a sudden they had to insert a pre-taped line or anything along those lines i i, I can't do it. it it and then the doctoring of crowd reactions all that stuff you can tell i hate it
0: for me it's the jump cuts the way that yes. they transition from like uh-huh. match to a backstage segment or whatever the situation or backstage yes. segment, whatever. For me, it's the jump cuts. Like whenever I see that happen, I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot this show's pre-taped.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and so <laughs> AEW's biggest trick with that because one of the things AEW does a lot is shorten matches. Um, and so their go-to trick is to go to a full screen replay. But the problem is, when they come back from the full screen replay, they'll say, let's see that moment again. And it'll be like a completely different voiceover from <laughs> from Excalibur. And then when we come back to it, the wrestlers are like in a completely different spot than they would have been. Like, you didn't have three seconds from that replay to move that far, but they'll do that to shorten matches. Drives me insane. So as far as I'm concerned, I don't need any other tape wrestling to talk about the stuff that happened tonight or this week because, folks, this week's live wrestling, there was some excellent stuff, especially in women's wrestling. I have a feeling Denise and I are going to be on the same page for a lot of stuff this too. I have a feeling
0: and we're usually kind of a little bit different for the most
1: part, Yes, but I am here. Let's go. If you've got super chats, make sure you're donating those super chats, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo, help support the show that we're doing. It's also Christmas time. And, um, I love how you threw in
0: the Christmas line. Yes, please. It's Christmas. (laughs) Send in super chats.
1: Yes, absolutely. Send in super chats. (laughs) Um, And we would love to read them on the show and just read what you thought of the wrestling week. Let's go.
0: All right, here we go then. Let's get right into it. Will, what was your third best of this week?
1: My third best pick of the week actually goes to two of the all-time best performers in women's wrestling. I am talking about Becky Lynch, I am talking about Bayley. They had a match on Monday Night Raw this week that I thought was excellent. Um, Bayley and Becky, Becky specifically, um, redid a very famous older uh, spot that's kind of getting a mixed reaction online for people who don't like wrestling choreography. Um, This one isn't for you, but if you don't care for those things, then uh, if those are things that don't bother you, Do what you got to do. Either way, I thought Becky and Bayley delivered. I thought Bayley got a much, much needed win. I think Bayley has lost so much momentum since she's come back at SummerSlam. And this was the time for her to, uh, especially having lost just last week to Alexa Bliss, um, this was a much needed win for her. Uh, And again, I just thought that uh, the two of them reminded us why that particular class of uh, women um, in the four horse women um, were a cut above at the time and when they get together they they unlock something in each other. It's been a really long time also since we've seen uh, Bailey and Becky Lynch go one-on-one with each other um, mainly because they they've been on opposite sides for so long uh, and I just liked it I liked it as a match I thought that the action delivered I thought that uh, Bailey, Brought a lot of the fire that I've wanted to see from her. Becky works so much better as a babyface to me. I think that she's worked as a heel, and she hasn't really gotten to work too many babyface matches this year. A+. plus.
0: Now, here's the thing I do want to say, I know that you know, Bailey has been taking a lot of L's and we know this, right. And uh, but here's the thing, though, I think her work with Bianca Belair has truly been like some of my favorite stuff. So even though she's been losing a lot, because the quality of the matches have been so good. I don't feel that Bailey has like lost a whole lot like, yeah, she's not winning these matches. But I feel like the work in terms that she's been doing with Bianca and getting those wins for Bianca, I think she just really needed like even more so. So because of that, like, I don't, Feel that the momentum that Bailey is on has been lost by any means. It's just a matter of like, yeah, it was too continuous of like, yeah, she's losing over here to um, you know, to to Bianca, and then she's losing to Alexa Bliss, which was definitely it was a little bit unexpected. I think maybe some people saw it coming because you knew that they were probably not gonna do, you know, Bailey and Bianca again. So you wanted to get things switched up and whatnot. But still, I feel like even though this match, um, uh, you know, I do think that this match was great, I feel like it added so much to what we got for the three hours of raw that's for sure and um and also I want to say another thing I feel like we're gonna have a lot of women's stuff today because I might as well get into my third best of the week and my third best of the week was something that we don't get to see uh very often and that is uh Rhea Ripley versus Tazawa uh in an intergender match that we got on WWE Raw has anybody uh, captioned this
1: Is anybody captioning this picture yet? This could be us because I feel like... um, Me and who? (laughs) Me and who?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel... You know what? I got so much respect for Tozawa, man. Not a lot of men would be okay with going out there and having to essentially be the butt of the joke, you know? And going out there and having this (laughs) visual. Like, here's the thing. Like, Will, not only did he get pinned in this manner... (laughs) let's look at it again but mm-hmm. he also got like slapped in the face he got thrown to the floor by Rhea Ripley and then Rhea Ripley's like yelling at him um like there's no tomorrow and I love this because she goes out there and she's pissed off because they just had like a crap a crap ass finish to the previous to the previous match and so I'm thinking like oh my god this is so horrible and then they have Rhea Ripley basically storm out there and she's like slapping she slaps him she starts yelling at him so I forget what she tells him like something along the lines of like, are you man enough to face me or something? And, um, I thought it was funny because as Tazawa was making his way into the ring, uh, the Street Profits were the ones that were having to hype him up and you can tell he didn't really want to obviously do it. He goes in there. The match itself was not really too great. It was a little bit clunky and whatnot. But the reason that it's on my third best of the of the week is literally because I just thought it was hilarious when Rhea Ripley just went at him and was super freaking pissed. And just the fact that they even decided to do this intergender match to me kind of stood out a little bit and I feel like it stood out to a lot of people for sure so with Rhea Ripley getting to do this match period I thought that was what kind of made it feel a little bit extra special so I felt like I had to put it on my list and I also low-key want to see more stuff like this for Rhea Ripley where she's out there uh you know uh dominating and whatnot
1: yeah I mean look Rhea has it has really been the story of her year it's probably going to be the thing that returns her baby face because people are going to get really into this uh and you can already start to sense it happening it happened with china right like that's what got china over in in 98 99 was seeing her body slam people eventually she competed for the king of the ring um and that's absolutely a thing i could see people getting behind rhea ripley for in yes, this particular dude, case china
0: was my god at the time i was the like the, i when i was watching when i started you know growing up watching wrestling during this time period china to me was everything that i you know i never you know seen anybody like her and i just thought she was so freaking cool so think about like all the other you know young girls out there that are seeing rhea ripley kind of you know kick ass in this sort of way that you know are obviously maybe not familiar with china because it was and in their era. But I know what China meant to me as a little girl, and so kind of seeing that with Rhea Ripley for like this new generation could be something special.
1: Yeah, I think it could be. I think it is. Uh like it's it, it's weird that it became so taboo in pro wrestling for the last like 10 years because it wasn't for so long. Um but for the most part, it's just the thing we used to see, like intergender tag matches used to involve but there there was no swapping out. It was a you tag uh, you tag in and you had to wrestle that person and it was okay. And I feel like, you know, especially as look, I grew up in the nineties. Right. And I haven't grown up in the nineties and, um, I'm a big street fighter fan. I'm a big mortal combat fan as well. If you didn't know that, look at literally the arcade behind me, that is a mortal combat up arcade. Right. And so I grew up in this era of like kick-ass women who hung with the men, Right. Like we had Chun-Li in street fighter. That's, it's a big deal on um, that. You know, you fought her just as you would fight anybody else or Katana and Melina in Mortal Kombat 2 or Sonya in Mortal Kombat 1, anything along those lines. And so it was always kind of a kick-ass concept to kind of see a little bit of that in pro wrestling. Obviously, it's something that has to be done sparingly. It's not something that you can do every week just because, one, it's going to lose its its spectacle if you do it all the time. But in a case like this, um, I think it can clearly get over. The crowd was so into this, and they were not into the opening match. Uh, the opening mm-hmm. match kind of had guys sitting on their hands, but the idea of Akira Tozawa versus Rhea Ripley got the fans going. I think this is something that I would like to see more of. You just have to approach it smartly. I think um, I, I always hated that AEW was afraid to run that uh, the match they taped on the, the cruise ship. It was the Kenny Omega and Riho versus... Um, Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian Um, and there's there's a lot of intergender interaction in that match Kenny Omega has done that a ton it's great stuff if you've ever seen the matches with Akarashita and Asuka and and Kenny great great matches Um, there are ways to do it in a way where it's not like a like, I know when people think intergender wrestling, the like some of the matches that come to mind are like Kurt Angle versus Maria Canellis, where Kurt Angle basically just like dominated her and made her tap to an ankle lock. Like, obviously, don't do that again. Uh, but I think when we're talking about people who are of competitive natures, when you have somebody like Rhea Ripley who can body slam Luke Gallows and looks like she could take Akira Tozawa, like when you put the two of them together, you're like, Okay, how can Akira Tozawa survive this? Is, is how you're looking at it. I think it's okay, and I think it's fun. And the other thing to remember pro wrestling scripted. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> have fun with it. And
0: here's the thing, like for me, when it comes to intergender wrestling, I feel like you got to have different expectations in terms of the promotion that you're watching it and how it's meant to be taken with WWE in particular. This was supposed to be like, you know, obviously sports entertainment, having Rhea Ripley essentially dominate a guy that is kind of seen and treated like a joke on the raw roster, right? He's there for comedy and you know, obviously he's a smaller guy and that's the way that they're treating him. It's supposed to be, you know, funny, right? Like that's the way that it was presented you can't say the same thing about like when you watch you know intergender wrestling on impact wrestling right it's totally different you see you know jordan grace jordan grace masha slamovich um you know all these different people that they've had you know when they were having tessa do it uh, it's different expectations of what you would expect from that and what you expect from this and then when you see it in other places like in lucha or in indie wrestling i feel like you gotta have dif- different expectations. Um, for each of the intergender matches that you're watching, I feel that if presented right in the setting that you're watching intergender wrestling it can definitely work and it's definitely entertaining I remember I showed my mom Tony Depp versus Thunder Rosa from GCW okay now she's not a wrestling fan better yet she, you know she's seen a couple of matches here and there but for her to see intergender wrestling the whole time she was just like oh my god oh my god you know she was freaking out right but for me watching it it was like oh this is freaking cool to see Thunder Rosa go head to head against Tony Deppin, you know little stuff like that so i think like intergender wrestling everybody has you know different opinions but i'm definitely for it uh depending on the setting and how it's treated
1: i agree i i can see that some people in the chat aren't fans of it i i like it i i could because again pro wrestling is scripted um i think that uh and you know wwe it, they're hit or miss with it like it, it, as much as they're like completely against it. When the angle calls for it, they'll do it. They literally in 2021 did Sasha Banks versus Reginald that happened. And so they're not fully against the idea, uh, when the situation calls for it. And I think this was one of those situations that called for it, but because it got so over, I think people are going to want to see it happen. Like a lot more, like I I could see
0: more of it for Rhea. I
1: I think people are going to want to see Rhea continue to dominate, um, Here's a question for you.
0: Ooh, what is it?
1: Who is the highest up the card that you would be willing to see Rhea pin like that?
0: Oh, like that? On the highest on the card?
1: Who is the no, highest on the card? it would have
0: to be somebody that's like Akira Tozawa level. Like, I wouldn't say, like, no. Like, it wouldn't be like a Kevin Owens. It wouldn't be like a Roman Reigns. You couldn't see, no like, Randy Orton way. with his legs not over Not a Cody his Rhodes, head. Not a Seth Rollins. Um, Not even Austin Theory. So we got to get lower. But we got to get lower. <laughs> Who's like Akira Tozawa level that's right now, like, on the card for Raw? Let me see. Hold on. Like, who would I be able to see? Uh, Chad Freya Gable, Wimley? maybe? No, no, because he's not like, even Chad know, Gable. No, not Chad Gable. He's like in Olympian, bro. You know what? Uh, what about Baron Corbin? That'd be pretty messed <laughs> up though. That would be kind of messed up. Huh? That would be a little bit messed up. Dominic Mysterio. She can beat Dominic Mysterio, but obviously, you know, they're doing their whole whatever the hell you want to call it, but maybe afterwards.
1: Actually, the way the chat is like, Otis would be hilarious. Otis would be
0: funny because they could make it work where it would kind of be something where she catches him like off guard. You know what? I feel really bad. You know what Vince would have done. You know who he would have put in this situation: Mustafa Ali. And you know, it. you know oh, 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 Vince would have done no, it.
1: I, honestly, the way he is getting manhandled right now, I could <laughs> still kind of see it happen.
0: I have one. This one's a hot take. This one's oh, a hot no. take. I will. I don't care if we see Rhea Ripley be homage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's WrestleMania. That that is Mania. That is like. You have to get like, there eventually.
0: <laughs> Visualize it right now. I'm trying. This like is Rhea Ripley. <laughs> get the visual, yes. bro. That
1: that like that's where it has to end. But that's an awesome one. I will. Okay. I would love that.
0: Um, I don't know. I can see them doing our truth, obviously, because of you know they treat them like. What about the Miz?
1: Miz is another one. He could absolutely do Miz. And he probably wouldn't lose anything for it. Like that just seems up Mrs. Alley.
0: All right. See, there you go. There's some little options here and there. All right. All right. Okay. (laughs) Let's go ahead and move on. But before we do, uh, we actually got a super chat. Yay. Cause I was about to make a call for super chats. Uh, If you do want to get your question, your comment, or your statement read here on the show and really just help support this podcast, uh, this is the super chats is how I can afford to have William Washington here on this podcast so that I can afford you, Will, uh, with these super chats. So thank you very much. Uh, Michael Bronson or yeah, Branson, excuse me. Michael says, Denise, if you think for a minute that Vince wouldn't put himself in that pinning position over anyone else, you're lying to yourself. I could have seen it. Yeah. I could have seen it. Like like a little bit back in the day, maybe, you know, a little bit of a younger Vince. Or hell, uh, even maybe now, because how long no, ago I... was it when he was teaching Pat McAfee when he did that
1: jump? That was only 2020. So, yeah, I could. That was, that was
0: 2020?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Oh, that shit. Was... For some reason, I was thinking, like, 2018.
1: <laughs> no, that was 2020.
0: That was two years ago. Vince McMahon was still jumping off of a little platform that, you know, I don't think I'd jump off of. Will, we you have jumped off of that? Like, easily? Yeah, I
1: mean, no, no, not that easily. I've taken one bump in my life, and I had the wind knocked out of me so hard, I thought, I can't do this again. Uh, I'm not prepared for this. How do you guys do this? I thought, uh, yeah. He <laughs> and the, Yeah, so, no. No. I mean, look, that was a Vince McMahon thing. They always used to say, Vince McMahon would never ask his talent to do anything he wouldn't do himself. Uh, and whether it was taking chair shots, whether it was getting busted open, whether it was jumping off of a platform, Vince would do it. Um, And I'm sure he would probably take that pin.
0: I think so too. All right. Well, thank you for bringing it up, Michael. I appreciate that. That was a lot of fun. Um, All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, Let's get into our number two of the week. Uh, Will, what is your second best item of the week?
1: Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are gone. Look, here's the thing. Guys, I fucking love these matches. And uh, I know I put the first two at number one. And then I said that as long as they keep changing it up, there's no way these won't continue to make my list. I had a friggin' hoot with the Elite versus Death Triangle match five uh this one of course took place in uh san antonio texas uh what separated this from the previous matches because of course the other matches were all unique in their own right but it was time to change up the stipulation around this this was a straight up no disqualification match i was really interested in this for a number of reasons one uh the elite are of course the baby faces in this scenario but We're walking into San Antonio, Texas. Uh, this is a heavy Latino population and a heavy Latino crowd. They walked into this match, I think, prepared to be behind Death Triangle. You could hear this Seto Mieto chant. And, uh, then the elite did what the elite do best. And I think they worked this crowd behind them. And, uh, this was an exciting match from top to bottom. Um, being noticed qualification meant we got some involvement from Alex Abrahantes and uh, and Brandon Cutler. I thought Brandon Cutler was hilarious here. I thought him getting uh, the Seto Mieto in his face and then hitting Alex Abrahantes with the cold spray and then dabbing and then turning around and getting super kicked. Hilarious stuff. Um, I thought all of the Christmas Christmas weaponry was great stuff. Kenny bringing in the barbed wire broom that. Uh, Definitely wasn't gimmicked barbed wire because Bro, that thing uh, was
0: stuck to his butt.
1: <laughs> I know that kept getting stuck everywhere throughout the match. Uh and but again, that was a big that was a great callback to previous things we've seen with Kenny, so I enjoyed all of it. Uh but then the match itself fell into a territory where I was convinced that multiple points is the series just ending here. Uh, i will say once the hammer got introduced and Kenny got smashed with the hammer and he gave a 1 two point nine 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 kick out excellent stuff uh i i bit on that fall uh where they were pack used the tinsel around uh Kenny's throat and then nick jackson gets locked in the ankle lock by ray phoenix and then uh matt gets tied up with penta there's a moment there where i'm like I, I where do we get out of this? And luckily Matt fought his way out and freed the other two, um, ending with the Meltzer driver on the chair. This was just an all-out exciting match. I thought this was a great, excellent start to Dynamite. And uh, when, in the post-match, getting bloodied had me thinking about what the next match holds. And folks, I'm going to be there for the next match. And the last time there was a bloody affair... In a crowd that was uh, anarchy in the arena. My wife got Matt Menard's blood all over her. And this is about to happen again. Falls count anywhere. Let's fucking go, baby. This deserved uh, my number two spot. These matches keep delivering. I'm a big fan of the Elite and, uh, and Death Triangle continuing to go at it. And there's so much that's still protected through all of this because we have still yet to see Kenny hit a one- winged angel here. Uh, we have yet to see um, even pack and death triangle. they you know the way they've been winning, they've been winning with the hammer and whatnot, they their finishes have all been protected. So there's still so much left to go that we still haven't seen between these guys. This is great stuff.
0: Well, will. Control, copy, and paste because oh, my up. second best <laughs> of the week was also this match. That's <laughs> Okay, and I know this is what, this is now the third time that each of us have put this match on the best of the week. And I know somebody mm-hmm. asked us, they were like, are you guys just going to be putting this match each and every single week? We went like, what, one or two? I weeks did, we uh, didn't mention it. Yeah,
1: I didn't put the third on there. I did put the fourth, but really just because of the ESPN song, I didn't put the match on here. So oh, I've yeah, really, only put, right. I've right. only put ESPN, why did I say that? NBA and NBC. But um, I have not put... Uh, anything since the second match on my list.
0: Yeah, same, same. So I felt very good in terms of bringing it back, because you already ran through so much of it. But I do want to say that um, one of the things and I pretty much knew that this was going to be you know, the case the second they announced the best of seven, you know, the best of seven series was I knew given the competitors that you have in this match that they were going to find all of these different ways for each match to be very different. And you you could literally be like, Oh, yeah, Denise, do you remember the one where, uh, you know, you had the crowd completely torn? Of course, it's the chicago one that was a whole lot of fun and there was just so much that they did that was different and even just an incorporation of the hammer i remember i was like ah oh, you know what they keep doing the hammer thing i'm so over it but then they quickly went into, you know what, let's make this a no DQ. Let's include all the weapons type of deal. And I liked that they announced the the false count anywhere stipulation. Like, oh, if we get to match six and then, you know, the, the seventh for the ladder match. And let me tell you, Will, if we do not get the seventh match, I am going to riot. Okay. I'm going to be <sighs> so freaking pissed because I'm already counting on seeing that match in Los Angeles. Okay. I will go like batshit crazy if I don't get that match live in person. Um, but I'm pretty much feeling like we are, right? Yeah, I Will, think so. Right? Yeah, I, I, I
1: think so. Yeah, well, here's, uh, as somebody in the chat also just pointed out, and I was going to point this out. Um, after match six, I have a feeling that Pinta is going to get pinned in match six. And the reason I have a feeling Penta is going to be, get pinned in match six is because at that point, all six members will have been pinned in this entire series or submitted. Because the first match, Kenny got pinned. Second match, Matt Jackson got pinned. Third match, Pack got pinned. Fourth match, Nick Jackson submitted. Fifth match, Ray Phoenix got pinned. So then that only leaves Pinta left. So then at that point, all members have been defeated. And then it's a matter of who's going to retrieve it from the, uh, the top of the ladder.
0: exactly I also love that you know this I would say that the star level of the Deaf triangle has definitely increased I mean obviously the Deaf triangle already big stars you know we know that but I just feel like they've gained so much more uh, especially after that initial uh, defeat over the elite especially given that it was their big you know return to the company after all of the drama so I mean personally I thought this was great the the tree the table spots the 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 broom with the barbed wire the tinsel I mean all of it. All of it was just so much fun and it was perfect for the holiday bash theme as well. And I thought like up until that point, I thought it was the highlight of the show. Um because I just really thought that it was a great part of what we saw. Um but we got a super chat here from Jennifer Kathleen. So thank you so much to Jennifer who says best of seven is getting old to me but my friends love it. It's all subjective. The matches are good but I'll be glad to move on from this when it's over. I'm not over it yet. I'm not over it. I love that they every match has been different. They do such cool things like every single time. Will." I'm like, how do they do this stuff? This is freaking nuts, like especially pack some of the things he does. I'm like, bro, are you even human, you know? Um, but no, for reals, I love what they've been doing. And I feel like if this was something that we didn't know was the best of seven series, and we just kept seeing the rematches over and over, then yeah, people would be fed up. But given that we knew well in advance that we were going to be getting all these seven matches to me, it, or at least you know, this best of seven series, excuse me, to me, it's like a weekly reward. I don't know how to explain this. It's a weekly reward of entertaining wrestling that you're going to get like really hot for and really entertained. And now with the incorporation of the weapons for this last match, and then, you know, a false count anywhere and then possibly the ladder match. Uh, I just feel like they're all going to tell something of a little bit different story where, you know, it's going to be a while after this, it's going to be a while until we see this match again. So we might as well, you know, kind of enjoy it. Right.
1: I think so. And like, look, I also, uh, I'm enjoying just seeing Kenny again. Like, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, I did not anticipate. So what? This was Kenny's ninth match of 2022, which is just wild to think about. A guy who was injured until August and then suspended for nearly, what, two and a half months? Uh, And this is his ninth match this year. To put that into perspective, guys, (laughs) and not to draw more Kenny and Roman comparisons, but Roman Reigns has only had 10 matches this year, and uh, MJF has only had, like, I don't know, uh, eight or nine matches this year. And so just seeing Kenny go out there and do what he does best again with guys that he's really made a career of blocking up with and had some of his best performances with and Pac and Penta and Ray Phoenix. I'm happy. I'm loving all this stuff.
0: Thank you so much to jennifer kathleen for sending in her uh, super chat it's much appreciated uh also don sends in a very generous super chat thank you so much to don who says uh hi denise and will just want to say i love watching the two of you each week thank you so much for starting the show i can't wait to see what's in store for 2023 happy holidays to you all uh, seriously thank you so much honestly and i'm, I'm not going to speak for you will but i will say this like i have been so uh happy with the feedback that we have been getting for after the week and i feel like it just we really quickly got like this, uh, you know, community going that is, you know, so many of you guys come in each and every single week. And that is freaking awesome. Like freaking awesome to see.
1: Dub. A-T-Dub. Oh, yeah, A-T-W. we should start A-T-W. an
0: A-T-Dub chan- chant. <laughs> yes. Like, next, time, next time we're at A-W, let's just start A-T. But then everyone's going to be thinking we're chat. I don't know. Okay.
1: Hey, no, we can record it and be like, see, they love us. Atw, dub you hear it? Yeah, A-T-Dub. I'm going to take an
0: Atw <laughs> sign, and I'm just going to wear a mask so no one knows it's me promoting my own show. <laughs> Orion Ben 666 sends in a super chat saying, Denise and Will's wife getting Penta's blood on them. I haven't gotten Penta's blood on me, unfortunately. Oh. Oh wait, no, yes I have. Yeah, I think they remember yeah, your I start. Yeah, I forgot.
1: pretty Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, wait, no I did not <laughs> Sorry, it took me a second. I mean, I, I don't did. know
1: who I don't know who's going to bleed in that match, but uh, uh I don't know. I'm expecting a bloody affair. I have so many people going to this show because um like my whole family's going and then like my in-laws are going and uh it's going to be nice well
0: that's nice that, well because... for la it's just gonna be me by myself i don't even go with anyone to the shows like it's literally just me
1: well you also don't have a family member who wrestles in uh well, AEW, i know. So... Well, I'm
0: sorry rub it in
1: <laughs> so rub it, it in is why
0: don't you i'm sorry i don't have a famous <sighs> wrestling relative
1: <laughs> so it is one of those things that we're all going to go like everybody's coming out for this one and it's, it's going to be nice i'm but that is to
0: nice it. though but yes. i feel like even if you didn't have anybody i just feel like you would still find somebody to go to the shows with
1: mm-hmm.
0: i hang out by myself will
1: that's the other thing too is that um you're not as social as i am and so <laughs> like if i go to a show by myself i will go to a show with somebody i will like make a friend in seconds and then all of a sudden it's like hey this is my that's honestly a true story because a lot of people know good friends with with jesse davin that we've been friends for years i did not know jesse davin before all out 2019 true story met her at all out 2019 and after that day we were just like best of friends and that's how that's been uh and we talk all the time i've been meaning to text her back actually because i've left the text uh, unresponded to i'm really bad about that but um and as denise knows and then i'll respond to him hours later and denise is like what the fuck are you talking about that was yeah, like just six hours memory. ago if, if, you, yeah. if you don't respond right away i don't
0: even know what you're talking about i'll just respond with what <laughs> <laughs> not even i just put question
1: mark <laughs> yeah she'll put question mark and i'm like scroll up i'm responding <laughs> to the thing from six hours ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's literally the same thing over and over. <laughs> but yeah, um, you're more of the social one around. Yeah, if earth. you meet
1: people, it's it's yeah. easy to become I'm nice. Friends. I'm just shy. Yes.
0: Yeah. That that's that's go.
1: actually very Denise.
0: Oh, thanks, Will. Thank no, you for no, no, me. Letting no, everyone no, know I'm shy. No, like honestly. No, I'm like, just people... reserved. I'm not shy. I'm reserved. There you, you go. I'm not shy at all. Reserved.
1: You are reserved, but people like I've seen it have mistaken it for like
0: bitch, uh, conceited.
1: Yeah, they'll think it's like conceited, like closed off, and it's like, no, that's just Denise. She's just been reserved. like
0: that my entire life. Yeah. yeah. And
1: it's like, no, she's not she's not big timing you, it's the other way around. Yeah. So
0: I just keep to myself. I'm like, oh, yeah. huh. <laughs> so that's me at the shows. Huh. <laughs> Actually, not really. I'm just stuffing my face. All right. Uh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, curious, do you think Will Ospreay will interfere next week to bring attention to their Wrestle Kingdom match, which breaks up uh, six and seven? Ooh, thoughts on this.
1: Uh, I don't know because of the travel schedule. Os- yeah. Where's Will Ospreay? Uh, if I don't think he's. Yeah. I mean, look,
0: I feel like you would have to already be in Japan. I would
1: lose it. If Will Ospreay was in Denver, are you kidding me? Um, but I don't think that's the case. No. Uh, I think everybody's kind of there and getting ready for Wrestle Kingdom, and that's okay uh, because I'm going to be up at three o'clock in the morning watching Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega tear that shit up. Oh, I'm so excited. Ah, I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending in this super chat. And all right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into the rest of this show. Um, it's time for our worst of the week. Do you want to go first, Will, or do you want me to go first? Because mine comes with uh, disclaimer.
1: I mean, I know what yours is, so go ahead, please. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> okay, so first, Will, I feel like I need to start off by saying I'm sorry.
1: No, I know what it was. <laughs> I talked to you during this. There's no way.
0: I'm really sorry about this, but I can't. I will not lie to the people.
1: No, you don't lie to the people at all.
0: All right. So if the, if, if there was ever any um, concerns about my uh, honesty on these podcasts, I uh, basically yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. There should never be any concerns. But I'm gonna have to give this one to this segment right here with uh
1: the debut of the mogul affiliates yes mogul
0: affiliates and uh man this was unfortunately rough okay this was rough because i really do think that there was some timing issues with this segment there was also the issue of people not having a reaction to parker and then not having a reaction to um the the second guy that came out i don't even know his name what's his name will i don't even know his name to this day i still don't know his name and i was talking about on wednesday how i didn't know his name and i didn't even bother to search it up wednesday night or thursday or even friday before the show so that should tell you how much i didn't care for this um look with rick ross out there i thought he did a pretty pretty decent job when he was out there and when swerve went out there and he hit the line of Oh, he was telling Keith Lee he needs to have eyes in back of his head. Uh, during that moment, the camera shot was literally Keith Lee and Rick Ross, and Rick Ross was kind of on the side of him, but it, from the shot, it kind of looked like he was behind him. So I thought, oh, it's sort of saying he's going. To, he needs eyes in back of his head. That I thought Rick Ross was going to turn on Keith Lee, and I'm like, he okay. did, but like, but like you know, not, like, not like in the right way or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, that's what I thought was going to happen. And then instead Parker comes out, the former Harland, as you guys know, but you know, he's been with AEW now for, for a moment, but anyways, so Parker and I just, I didn't care. I didn't care. Like I'm not, I don't, I, I don't, don't want to sound mean, but I just don't care. And so I didn't care. They, there wasn't a reaction to him whatsoever. And then the other guy comes out and it was like, nada it was crickets i there was somebody that put on twitter that for a split second they thought it was tyrus and i'm not even gonna lie to you for a split second i thought it too i was like what but then once you know you Saw a little bit more. I was like, who is this guy? What should I know? What am I missing? Who is this person? And because of that, I thought that this segment did not go the way that it should have. But the one thing I did like, because I did think it was an awesome execution, was when Swerve did the stomp on uh Keith Lee, while Keefly had the cylinder block on his belly. Like that to me was pretty damn cool because the execution of that and to make sure that everything landed precisely, it looked really freaking cool. And I really wish they would have just trimmed this taken out the mogul affiliate affiliates because i'm sorry i don't care about the mogul affiliates like at all um they're gonna have to do a whole lot to gain my interest and they could they probably could maybe i could be completely wrong on this but as of right now i'm not feeling it so unfortunately i had to give this one my worst of the week
1: um it's one of my worst of the week uh because i i have something i disliked more but um i get why people didn't like it i get why you didn't like it i didn't like it um and there's uh, a number of things one the person you're looking for is grandon goatsman um and yeah uh, or gatesman g-o-e-t-z-m-a-n so okay yeah um we'll see uh He is a former MLB player, and now he looks like a doodle bear. And uh, we'll see how that uh, all goes down. Um, But this is what I do like. I do like the idea of Swerve having heaters, absolutely. I think that him having two guys who... Because as far as Swerve having a faction is concerned, I don't necessarily want him being a part of something, but I think as a smarmy heel... I think it will do him well to have two guys who do his bidding for him. That's absolutely what he's going to need. And I think it is the right idea for it to not be anybody on the roster who like matters. Like it should be two guys who uh can who are kind of getting their legs under them and can kind of benefit from being disposed of on their way to swerve because if you get if you put anybody who matters in that position then I think you're going to be selling them short. It needed to be kind of two goons. Um, and in this sense, I think I don't know anything about uh, Grandin, but I know people are uh, who trained with him because he trained with Jay Lethal. And I know that um, uh, uh, God it basically he's been talked up uh, by a lot of people. Carly Bravo is what I was about to say. Carly Bravo has talked him up a lot. Um, and so in that sense, I'm a wait and see on him as far as Parker is concerned. Parker has a big problem to me. Um, Parker does this thing, and maybe it's just because he spent all his time playing like SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain back in the day. But like I know his whole thing is that he's like, oh look at him. He's baby Brock Lesnar. But he like throws a punch and then goes. And then throws a punch and then And like I hate it. And if you're listening on audio, you don't know what I'm doing. He like drops his jaw like but he doesn't drop it in like like Brock Lesnar actually does. He drops it like Brock Lesnar in a video game did. I'm sorry,
0: but I hate the Brock Lesnar comparisons. Okay. And I don't, I don't, I've never agreed with it. I've never liked it. I just never said anything, but I don't like the comparisons.
1: I mean, it's a comparison in the sense that not that he is like Brock Lesnar, But like, he's trying to be like Brock Lesnar. That's not
0: good. That's not (laughs) good. I know, I know. No. it, 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 It comes across differently. When you compare somebody to somebody else, it makes it seem like they're close to being that person. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, no. What I mean is he's like... Kind of a wanna be Brock. And it feels like he's trying to be that. And I hate that. I hate when he throws his punch, and he was doing it with Keith. He was like, throw a punch and then try to give like a Brock scream. And then like do a punch and try to give a Brock taunt. And it's like, maybe stop because like you're not doing that well. So I know there's a lot of people who see potential in, in Parker. And so as far as he's concerned, um I I'm still I'm in wait and see mode, but I'm definitely leaning toward man, I am not impressed. And so Obviously, somebody sees something in him. Um, Ari Davari talks him up. Uh, Tony Khan signed him uh, in in a time where there are a lot of other guys I would have signed. So uh, I'm I'm curious to see what he does. I think where the segment truly fell apart was in how it was put together. I think the way I would have done it, I said this on Day After Dynamite yesterday, but the way I would have done it is everything the same up until the point where i mean maybe not have um, rick ross swear on tv that was hilarious <laughs> i think look i love rick ross got i think some he buzz. i think he has been hilarious in this role i think he was hilarious um on dynamite a few weeks ago and on this show uh what was that in baltimore that they were in uh on this particular show i thought that ross was playing his part well up until so Swerve says you need to keep eyes in the back of your head. If I were writing this. I would have then had Rick Ross club, right, uh, that's what club I said yeah, too. yeah, Club Keith Lee from behind. And then all of a sudden, I think that would have gotten a shock moment out of the fans. And then, and then the then,
0: mogul affiliates could have came. Right.
1: But then Rick Ross, uh, not Rick Ross, but one of the things Keith Lee does well is no sell, right? Like he's been hit with chairs and you know, you've seen him kind of buck up after that. I would have had him turn around and be like, the fuck did you do that for? Like, kind of give him a look like, what the hell? Like a scary then, moment where he's yeah. like, oh shit, I fucked up. Yeah, and then yes. have the other two come in, jump Keith Lee, and then do the cinder block spot. But yes. where I think it fell apart was, one, Rick Ross doing commentary over the whole thing. That shit uh, was no good. Um, him talking over everything that was happening as Keith Lee was getting beaten down, should have stopped. Did they tell did,
0: him to do that?
1: I don't know. Uh it's it Rick, just
0: like, you know what? I got the mic. I got to keep talking, type of thing.
1: I think that's what it was. Uh, I think Poor somebody guy. probably should have told him. It comes Don't across do this. as
0: funny though, not great, but funny.
1: Yeah, and then uh, and so I think I think that was taking away from the moment. And so I would have just had the beat down take place, and then the the swerve stomp. I think would have been way more effective. I think the way yeah. it was put together just wasn't any good. Plus, um, it took but- too
0: long for Parker to come out after Swerve's line. Yeah. It, it was too long. You had too much moment of, well, is somebody going to come out? I had way too much time to think about, you know, is somebody going to come out? Is somebody not going to come out? And then finally Parker comes out and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, you know?
1: Well, to me, it's That's the where big... I'm talking
0: about some of the timing issues as well.
1: Um, and the biggest moment here, I see somebody in the chat says Parker is still in the trustbusters. It's yet another they paid till they turned up. That's not true. Parker tweeted um, November 28th. Um, okay, and okay, but I who's been, up
0: to date with that? Like really tweet. I've been, no, with a tweet I,
1: I, I've from been holding like
0: I have not seen that.
1: I've been holding on to this for a minute, but I'm <laughs> it's like people easily
0: missable Will. I know.
1: I'm like, people, you guys have not been paying attention because Parker literally tweeted the mogul affiliates logo on November twenty-eighth. This has How been many the plan for a does while.
0: Parker have because this wasn't retweeted. This I it never popped up on my feed. I had people it was not at, in the news stories that I saw. I had people
1: tweet. I had people reach out to me that were like, "Why is he tweeting that same thing that Swerve keeps tweeting? Are these two in cahoots?" And I'm like, "Just pay attention, uh, because things are happening." And then you'll notice that he hasn't been seen with the Trustbusters in a while. Uh, so either way, he's a part of this group. But because to me, I think the bigger story of the turn of the whole moment was rick ross aligning himself with mogul affiliates with swerve and so to me i thought that should have been the moment that should have been what happened was rick ross turning and even if it's just like one quick forearm just to get the crowd uh to to acknowledge the moment i actually thought that uh, did you see the segment they posted to twitter afterward
0: I don't watch any of that. No, if it doesn't okay. happen on television unless it's something extraordinary. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it.
1: So afterwards, it's a it's great stuff. Like, honestly, um, I think, you know, Sanjay Dutt was kind of the the brains behind this stuff in WWE of posting kind of uh, Twitter stuff of post like, Unless segment. you
0: Send it to me and you're like, Denise, you have to watch this. Then I'm, I'm, I'm going to send
1: this. It. I'm going to send this to you because Do I
0: have to watch it.
1: This is this is the only thing I'm gonna say. <laughs> only it send was me tens,
0: will only okay. tens.
1: I'll just say that it was basically a segment where they were catching up with mogul affiliate Swerve and Rick Ross, and Rick Ross did the majority of the talking in this uh, segment, basically getting an explanation as to why they did what they did. Rick Ross was excellent here. He was so good that I was like, man, you should just keep him to backstage segments because this in-ring stuff was no good. What he did behind, what he did backstage. This was great. This was, I thought he was a great mouthpiece for the whole group. And had you even run this on TV afterwards, I think people would have felt less bad about what took place on TV. Yeah. It was a good, it was good stuff. I actually liked it. Um, the reason I can't give this my worst though.
0: Ooh, it's time. What's your worst? Is oh, wait,
1: because. On. Oh, there you go. It's because the Miz still exists. <laughs> and like, I already thought. That like I was not looking forward to a ladder match between Miz and Dexter Loomis. I thought I don't even remember what he did this week. Um, he didn't do anything this week, but I thought that the debut of Bronson Reed oh, yes, was kind yes. of a dud. Um and uh so in this particular segment we saw um all right, so the match itself was nothing to really write home about. Uh I, I was already thinking the match was going to be no good just because it's The Miz, it's Dexter Loomis, it's a scenario that favors um, better wrestlers than this. And uh, so I had a feeling the match wasn't going to be any good, and it really wasn't. But uh, the moment that really got people talking was, of course, the debut of uh, on the main roster of Bronson Reed, formerly Jonah, Uh, He was, of course, released from WWE back in 2021, shortly after losing the North American Championship. As a matter of fact, it was right after losing the North American Championship. He, like, lost at the Swerve, and then we just didn't see him again. Uh, Didn't even get a call-up, nothing. He never got a chance on the main roster. A lot of people felt that he was shortchanged in that. Um, Vince never even gave him a shot. He just looked at him and went, not for me. And he really went and tore it up. He he wrestled everywhere he could. He wrestled in Impact, New Japan. Um, He beat Okada. Uh, This was a guy who was really, really, really proving his worth. And so uh, Hunter, I think the thing Hunter does worst, than uh, at at his worst right now, I think Hunter has some really good habits as a booker right now. But one of the things that uh, he's not so great at is the debut of former NXT talent. Especially NXT talent that hasn't been in NXT in over a year. So the thing is, fans have not, WWE fans have not had exposure to this person in well over a year. It's been a year and a half. Um, and it's not one of those cases where they're debuting somebody from outside, so therefore they don't have any of their material. Literally, you guys have years of uh, Bronson Reed material, so he is somebody you can reintroduce to the audience. Um, I know a lot of people compare it to what Tony Khan does when he debuts people from the indies or debuts people from WWE, but I think it takes an understanding of your audience to know how to debut those guys. Because when you bring them in and you bring them in for those kind of shock reactions, you're anticipating that your crowd is going to give them something, that the crowd is going to know who this is, and that uh, there's going to be a moment there. Or at the very least, that the crowd cares enough about the babyface they're going uh, after to at least give them some booze and negative reaction something fans don't care about Dexter Loomis so then there's that part of it and the fans have been too far removed from Bronson Reed to give a shit about any of this and he came in to crickets and uh the beatdown was whatever but it was like nobody cared and on top of that this Miz Gargano and uh Dexter Loomis angle has already been an anchor to everyone involved. And I don't think adding Bronson Reed to it helps. So everything here to me isn't clicking. And uh, I thought it was a disservice to the debut of Bronson Reed. You could talk to me all, I'm not even talking about, because I've heard people say, well, this, he was beating Okada, and now he's paired with the Miz. I I don't care about any of that. I'm literally just talking about the moment itself was no good. The moment itself didn't connect with the fans because he wasn't going after a baby face that mattered. And he himself did not have enough of a presence with WWE fans to give this anything. This was no good. It's my worst of the week.
0: And yeah, I don't blame you at all because, you know, you and I, we have chatted about this Miss Dexter Lumis, Johnny Gargano stuff, you know, whether it's on the air or even off the air um, on Mondays, (laughs) every time something's bad, I get a message from you, Will, and I'm like, yeah, it was shit, you know, like this was shit, Uh. right? Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, where do I even begin here? I mean, aside from Johnny Gargano, none of really the NXT returns have gotten any sort of major reactions. Uh, really, they haven't. Um, and that's the thing. I feel like a huge part of that is because, you know, it's just, it's a different audience. It's a different audience. And even you you might think it's not, but it really is. And there are people that obviously are going to get excited about these people. And, you know, I was very excited about Bronson Reed coming back. because you know, I'm a big fan of his. I really love his work. I was one of those people that thought that he um when he was released when his when I saw his name on the release list I was like god damn it y'all really freaking dropped the ball there with him because he's just those guys that is very exciting to watch I was so happy when he won the NXT North American Championship I was really ready to see a banger a little run for him there um and, you know, unfortunately, that didn't really end up uh, very much happening. So I did feel like, OK, you know, he's back in the company. I wasn't sure if he was going to go back, you know, for the most part, you know, things were looking great for him over on the New Japan side of things. And like you mentioned, doing Impact Wrestling, I got to see him at a couple of, you know, indie shows, uh, you know, for a WrestleMania weekend and whatnot. So he's a guy that was definitely getting work. And yes, it is a huge difference to go from, you know, wrestling Okada to then going and, you know, basically being the Miz's, i don't know what you want to call him his sidekick um whatever he's supposed to be to the Miz. it is a huge disconnection but obviously you know there's clearly a lot more that went into uh you know his decision making to go to wwe and here's the thing they can do some really great stuff with bronson reed i do not know what light bulb Went on on Triple H's head to say, you know what? Let's have him with the Miz. Why is it always the Miz? And you already brought down Johnny Gargano like a whole and lot. Tommaso with, ciampa. Like and Tommaso it's... Ciampa, like to the point where Tommaso Ciampa was literally like my favorite freaking person to watch. And I remember when he got brought in with with the Miz, I was like, God damn it, this is not the way that I envisioned things with with Champa, like wh- whatsoever, right? So and it's it's gotten to the point where I've even forgotten that he's on the raw roster. He, it's been two times already this week that I forgot that uh, he was part of the roster. Oh yeah. That's terrible. (laughs) Terrible. You know? So like, I just don't want them to, uh, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Bronson Reed get treated like, like Otis, I don't want to see him get treated in a situation where it's like, oh, he's just a big guy. Let's not, you know, let's just have him in this dorky spot with the Miz, right? I want to see him get presented a whole lot differently. I want to see him be presented as a threat, you know, like a like a Gunther, like a Braun Strowman, you know, that type of deal. Like that type of vibe because he's a big guy. Um, So, yeah, I hope that they really do um well with him. But we got some super chats here. Caden um, C says, 15 days till I'm 20 sheldon jackson sends in a super chat saying going from leading a faction a tmdk and beating okada to a heavy for a heavy for the miss what a downgrade and yeah i mean it is a downgrade but i get it it's like it, it him going to the company i'm sure gave him some nice you know cash obviously his living situation is going to change now so those are two huge things to factor into all of this
1: i just think there was a better way uh, and I, I disagree with that statement here by the way. Um I know it's not a super chat, but uh the, the statement in the chat that says Miz is the best healer in professional wrestling. Fully disagree. I think he's the worst. Um to be perfectly freaking honest. Um, I think
0: so too. I think so too. Uh, yeah, I'm, sorry. I, I th-
1: yeah, I'm- it's it, he doesn't click for me a, at all and he is stale um it's not to say he's always been i was a big supporter of the Miz 2016 2017 um me and too. even in the, and even in the 2018 um honestly i think that shane McMahon stuff really like derailed his momentum and then he's kind of just been a goon doing the same exact stuff for the last like three years it's it's stale and uh i'm sorry i there's nothing i want to see him doing right now that um that isn't a complete refresh of his act and uh, as far as bronson is concerned though again i think with these nxt call-ups or not call-ups but returns unless they had a significant run on the main roster i think it is on wwe to uh to use that footage that they have they have um they have so much of Bronson's career, really build up some, some guys, build up some video packages, all this stuff. I think it's a, a better idea and I'm hoping granted stop bringing people back Hunter. I think this is it. Uh, but also I'm cool you, with him
0: bringing people back, I'm cool. With
1: mean, that. Sure. But he's also brought back like, what is like the 15th person. I think we're good right now. Uh, for right now I'm cool.
0: I would say bring more. I still need more. Bring them in. Bring them in. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, like, I know we've got like because We need hotter and-
0: stories, Will. The people like, I'm not interested in what Cross is doing. I'm not interested in what Dexter's doing right now at this moment. Unfortunately, I'm not interested in what Johnny Gargano's doing. I'm not interested in Hit Row. Um, who else that just came in that I'm not interested in? Uh God, there's so many I'm right now. But just to name a few, right then and there.
1: But then you're not okay with the returns;
0: they're not any That's common. what I'm saying. So it's like, how do I? You, how do so I you want this? more? I want more because I want more of a chance <laughs> to get some good stuff. You know, the more in, the more snacks you got, there's the better chance that you're gonna find something that tastes good. All
1: right, all right. You get what hey. I'm saying? Come yeah. Come on. Like yeah.
0: it, it, it. The one thing I will say too is the one thing. That, I want to go back to, I'm going to go to NXT for a second because they bring in a lot of people, right? And they do these video packages to, you know, promote people. Like, I don't get why we're not seeing more of that on Raw. You know, some video teases to tease Bronson Reed coming in. I don't know. Something along those lines would have added it because at least there would have been this a little anticipation of like, oh, you know, Bronson Reed's going to come in. Let's put this, you know, um, let's put this uh, video package together. I don't know. Anything just to add a little sizzle uh kenny the transcend's in a super chat saying walter not gunther hate wwe name changes
1: he's gunther he's having success like walter was a little pudgier and uh a great (laughs) worker but like honestly like look this fit ass dude that's having these kick-ass matches in a great intercontinental title reign it's gunther sorry
0: Yeah, it, it, you know, that's his name. What do you got to do? Got to keep rolling with it. But either way, thank you so much to Kenny the Trend uh, for getting the super chat on here. It's much appreciated a whole lot. Um, we got another one from Caden C. So says, I wouldn't mind doing the quote, Tony has a huge announcement type of advertising with these returns. At least fans know something new is coming. But here's the downside to that. Here's the downside. If you're, if, if Triple H was going to do something along these lines of, oh, you know, Triple H has a huge announcement. And then you get people that a lot of people don't know. It's not going to, it's not going to think th- the I, way you think it might.
1: I think there's a, a balance. Like obviously don't go into like earth shattering announcement, big announcement kind of thing, but you can kind of maybe drop some hints beforehand. I think.
0: yeah video packages something right
1: but if people knew things were coming because think about how like obviously Bray is a completely different he's in a different atmosphere but think about how much people were anticipating that Bray Wyatt return because everybody knew it was coming and they were patiently waiting I think there's ways to get people hyped for stuff like that and I think they should
0: yeah exactly instead of just this vanilla approach of he comes in and joins The Miz. Woo-woo. All mm-hmm. right. Brandon Roseanne sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Brandon, who says, Who has ever benefited from being booked in a storyline with The Miz? I doubt there are many people on that list. Well, Will, you have a better memory. Give me some names. I mean,
1: this this year, it's been... Uh, the last couple of years, it's, it's a really, really short list. And I think people have actually walked away from Miz feuds worse than they walked in. Um, I think... Like think about how much people were anticipating John Morrison coming back to WWE and how excited people were. Cause they were like, man, he didn't get a fair shake as a singles wrestler. Let's see what John Morrison brings to the table paired him with the Miz. It sucked and he got released. Uh, and so like that, uh, I think it brought him down and, uh, like. I see Daniel Bryan's name being mentioned. Daniel Bryan was not better off for the Miz as a matter of fact, I think the Miz. Sets back Brian Danielson quite a bit. Like when you think about the success Brian had in his run, none of that involves The Miz. Uh, not some of the best stuff. Maybe some of Miz's best stuff involves Brian, but Brian's best stuff from that WWE run is usually stuff that was tied up with The Shield, things that were going with Kane, <laughs> things that were going with CM Punk, AJ Lee, uh, Triple H. Randy Orton, all of that stuff. That's the stuff you care about from Brian Danielson. As a matter of fact, Ms. is pretty low on Brian Danielson's list. It's Brian who's at the top of Miz's.
0: Exactly. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, yes. we, we didn't even name one person. Not one person.
1: <laughs> no, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> there was <is> nobody.
0: <laughs> oh man thank you so much to brandon Rosen. now that was a tough one um all right let's see what else we got here we got one from kenny the trend who says name change and deaf rebel is why i haven't watched a wwe
1: deaf rebel is getting better deaf rebel is i think i'm willing to give deaf rebel uh, a chance in the sense that Look, I know people are like, look, I love CFOs, but like CFOs' worst work was when they had to churn out a whole bunch of themes in a weekend. And it was like, okay, and a lot of it sounded the same. It was generic. Def Rebel kind of had that same problem where with them it was, hey, we got to replace all these CFOs themes. Just give us theme, 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 theme. All the shit sounds the same. You can't identify it. Royal Rumble was a disaster. But I think one of the things that's worked for C, uh, for deaf rebel is when they get to take their time on a theme song and craft something that is unique to a wrestler i think roman reigns's theme is a really good one and people um are really attached to that i, I think it's a good one. theme song yeah um also i think Braun's newer theme is pretty good i think when they can take their time on people and that's this really goes for anybody I think the reason people came so far down on them though was because they were having to churn themes out quickly and they, none of them had identity. Now that Deaf Rebels gotten to take their time with theme songs, I think WWE themes have been better the last couple of weeks. It's embarrassing. Months. There's
0: times where I'm like, I watch the product every week and there's times where our music hits and I'm like, who is that? I? I know.
1: Yeah, I watch
0: every week. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I still think some of those themes from that period, like Shayna's theme, is terrible. Like, there's, there's, there's. A I, few. I can't
0: even. I can't even remember Shayna's theme off the top of yeah. my head. That should tell you everything. Like, I don't know. Okay, Gotham guy sends in a super chat saying, "Do you guys think that the reason some of the NXT returns are flat is because Vince has already diluted their stock by not pushing them the first time?" And I think that's a great point. But I think if somebody is known and is over with that audience, I think they're still gonna react to those people. Um, but you I mean obviously, you know, Vince basically kind of made it seem like. NXT didn't matter at all which is why I think a lot of people chose not to tune into NXT I think had they during Vince's time had he pushed NXT a little bit more then you would have had more eyeballs on NXT and you would have that way when these people actually came in they would um you know know these people but I mean think about some of the previous NXT call-ups remember how much you know they got these huge reactions especially for those uh, raw after manias debuts like those ones were you know some great reactions um we haven't gotten that
1: i know well a big piece of that is two things because i I, and i can add this um super chat in there because ryan says no one knowing them equals is nxt not working keep in mind these aren't necessarily nxt call-ups in a sense because a lot of these guys have been gone from the nxt sphere for too long like we're talking about bronson reed bronson reed hasn't been seen since what June of 2021. And so that's a year and a half that we didn't see that guy. Um, same with, uh, um, Candice LeRae, I was about to say Chelsea Green, but Candice LeRae, um, has been off TV for way too long. Uh, so a lot of these names, it's not so much that they're even fresh out of NXT. I think it's old for the NXT audience. I think that A lot of these names are for pre-NXT 2.0. I think they've been off TV too long, and there had to be more of a refresher for fans. And also just keeping in mind, WWE, especially when you think about the live crowds, has really shook a lot of that, um, that vocal kind of internet audience they don't really have those anymore and and for a lot of reasons i think wwe would prefer that you don't have as much rebellion you don't have people kind of booing baby faces things like that um that's not happening so much anymore but at the same time this is an audience that's going to need their handheld a little bit more and they don't necessarily get that
0: Right. Right. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and continue on. But but, guys, if you do want to send in any additional super chats, if you have any hot questions like this, uh, keep it going, man. Uh, we will make sure to pull those out, get your question, your comment, your hot take, uh, whatever it is, uh, please feel free to send it in. Like I said, the show, we uh, value opinion. And I love to have like these, you know, discussions, especially Will and I when we get into it. Oh, it's a good time. Um. All right. <laughs> but let's go ahead and uh, get into our best of the week. And I actually think that what? Did I forget something?
1: We have a sponsor.
0: Yeah. Oh, I know. I was going to get to that in a second. Okay. You scared me. I was like, oh my God, did I forget something? I was
1: like, oh, oh." I thought that's where you were, I was like, is she about to just get there? Like, come on, because you know what? It's the holiday season and, and Christmas right around the corner. Good. and
0: will is definitely right it is christmas uh, right around the corner so if you guys want to go ahead and you know add some items to your shopping list if you want to uh, get a really great gift for your friends or your family member make sure that they give you a really great gift uh check out smack talk showdown so for those of you who do not know what smack talk showdown is you can check out the videos that i've done on my youtube channel called promo wars and on promo wars basically what we do is we get these cards they give you a wrestling name they give you a uh, direction a promo a segment and you basically smack talk with your friends it is so much fun i play these games all the time um you've seen them they're up here on the youtube channel and trust me if you've seen them you'll want to play it and you don't even have to be a wrestling fan to play uh it's really just a good time and they offer a lot of variety so head on over to smacktalkshowdown.com and because you guys are here supporting this podcast after the week at dub uh make sure to use the pro Promo code uh, five, uh, Denise for $5 off your entire order. So once again, you get $5 off your entire order if you use the promo code Denise over at SmackTalkShowdown.com. Uh, we seriously want to thank uh, Smack Talk Showdown because they have been sponsoring us uh, since November. So for about two months now, and that really means a whole lot to both uh, Will and I here. All righty. Ah, we're back. We got a super chat here from Caden Seas who says, uh, thanks for some great memories this year. Thank you so much, Caden. It's looking forward to
1: more in 2023.
0: Ooh, me too. All right, now let's go ahead and get into, our, do we have the same number one pick? Okay, yes. so it's time for Denise and Will best of the week because we have the same number one pick. We just know, right? We I just know. So. All yes. right, you wanna announce it?
1: Sure, because ladies and gentlemen, aew women's world title was on the line this week in the main event of dynamite a rarity this was only the third time that the aew women's world championship was defended in the main event fifth time that women have gotten the main event overall and folks this was the best of the bunch hikaru shida my favorite women's wrestler probably of the last decade uh, going one on one with the AEW Women's World Champion Jamie Hayter, this match was a was a hoot. This was a brawl. This was everything. I could want out of a women's main event in AEW. They had a hot crowd behind them. They had near falls. They had drama. They had action. They had excitement. Not a single submission applied in this match. This was just straight up brawling. It felt like a struggle between these two women who had, uh, are you kidding me, that deadlift powerbomb that Hikaru Shida um, was, or that was hit on Hikaru Shida from uh, Jamie Hayter was just excellent stuff. This match delivered it's one of my favorite women's matches this year according to cage match it's actually the highest rated american women's match of 2022 um oh, shit. i just had a blast with this hikaru shida um, has needed this opportunity for a long time. She had a 379-day AEW Women's World Title reign. Never got the main event Dynamite. So I loved getting to see her in that spot. Look, and when I say I'm a Hikaru Shida fan, I mean I am a Hikaru Shida fan. Literally within arm's reach, I have my signed action figure, signed directly by by Miss Shida. um this, uh, you should have worn your Shida shirt. I should have worn the shirt. I wore it on day after Dynamite yesterday because of the fact. I mean, and here's the thing. You say your Shida shirt. I own like seven of them um, because I was anytime, talking
0: about the one I gave you. Will. That's okay, the that one I, your sheet shirt.
1: I wore that one yesterday on day after dynamite, <laughs> but um, I, I look, she's one of my faves. Um, but I also think Jamie Hader is up there uh, and she's really doing a great job proving herself, especially this year. She is an organic talent. But one of the things I loved about this match was that the crowd walked into it and, um, behind jamie hater when the bell rang there was jamie hater chance, but i think very quickly the fans remembered why hikaru shida got over in the first place uh because she had an organic rise with the fans a lot of people forget that a lot of people like to just say uh she was chosen by kenny that's not true it was the fans that picked her back in 2019 going into 2020 and they remembered that those holy shida chants hit very quickly and it's like people remembered oh yeah we kind of love her and just the way that this match played out was exciting top to bottom. This was one of my favorite matches this year. Uh I can't have enough great things to say about it. It was fun, exciting. Um I almost bit on Shida hitting the Tamashi for a second. I was like, she hasn't cuz she hasn't been finishing matches with that in a little while. The last time uh she's been she switched to the katana at the beginning of 2021, and so I just I forgot about that. Uh but yeah, she this was excellent i I, I have no more great things to say i'ma leave it to you now since i was gonna say
0: you uh, in the beginning when you were running down the facts i was like bro you sound like you're uh Sheeta's agent right now you're like this is what's going down this is what she's got this is what she's got to offer blah blah blah. no but i completely agree with you you know this one was a whole lot of fun and i want to talk more about since you kind of ran down some of the things that actually happened in this match i want to talk more about what i felt that this meant and to me just the fact that they were positioned in a situation to um be the main event of this you know a special edition of dynamite it being holiday bash and having them be the main event having the i don't know how long the match was but they gave it 16 minutes there you go 16 minutes they gave it plenty of time for them to really go out there and just show what they can do my favorite thing about this was the aggression? I freaking love like when uh, Jamie hater got her with all of those chops, bro. She was going to town. I'm like, bro, you're about to like break Sheeta in half here. Um, the aggression, the uh, the uh, all of the adrenaline was coming out of them and everything that they were doing in this match, and that to me just got over so much. And it finally feels like we're starting things off right with an aew women's champion because you know i go back to you know what they did with thunder rosa they didn't really do much there then you know we all know how that played out uh tony storm this was the same arena
1: by the way that yes yeah one yeah, yeah. uh championship. they've gotten two but both events that they've gotten total because this they don't run any others had women's main events go that's figure. awesome
0: and then uh, the other thing was that, you know, Toni Storm, I think her being interim AEW Women's Champion did take just a little bit out of that. But Toni Storm got the ball rolling again with kind of getting the women's division going. Well, what happened to you? You're I don't bored. know. I'm
1: like, trying to like get my camera to refocus. And...
0: So it's focusing like on your hands. Yeah, there you go. You're kind of back. Kind of. Um, so for me, it's like I kind of feel like this is finally where things are starting up to get this to me is a good sign of where the AEW women's division is headed. Like we started to get the ball rolling with Tony Storm, but I feel that now with Jamie Hader as champion, her being AEW women's champion, not interim, but women's champion, going out there and main eventing, uh, you know, the, this episode of Dynamite in a competitive match with a great challenger, uh, to me, it just starts to set things up very nicely. And then even afterwards, everything that they had with Brit and Soraya, it just felt important on the show. And that to me is just, you know, like I said, it makes me feel positive about where we're headed with the AEW women's division. So for me, um, that was one of the reasons why I also chose this as a uh, number one on top of the in-ring work, but rather also what it signified. We got a super chat here from Orion Ben 666 who says she didn't hate her making the main event spot there. You know what? Thank you so much to Orion Ben for sending, for saying that uh, on here. And especially on a show, Will, where you had the elite and the deaf triangle. Okay? Come on. Think about that. Orlando orego sends it in super chat. Thank you so much to Orlando who says she had several great matches in AEW. happy she got the main event spot. Also Jamie is showing she deserves the title Bravo ladies. Yeah. And that's the thing you want to see people are going to get behind a fighting champion will it is that simple. All you have to do is have Jamie go out there have these awesome matches and people are going to uh, I'm not gonna say get behind her because they're already behind her but just You know, just continue to support her. That's how she's going to become a bigger star is by just going out there and showing, you know, what matches she can have with, you know, these competitors.
1: I've always said getting somebody over is already um, enough of a challenge. And I think Jamie did that a lot on her own. Um, She really had more of a a, a groundswell from the fans. Um, But I do think that uh, staying over is a challenge in itself. And it really takes quality performances to pull that off. I think The Acclaimed is having those right now. Um, Like having that match with FTR, I think was, was a good sign of showing that not only did we get over with who we are, but now we're going to deliver in the ring. I think Jamie has already had kind of a more of a badass streak that I think got her over. And I think just simply getting to have opportunities like this where she, like, this was two homegrown AEW stars, right? Like, obviously, Sheeta made a name for herself in Japan, but as far as the American wrestling landscape is concerned, people didn't know who Akaroshita was before AEW. And so, having two homegrown AEW stars get this main event spot, have the fans into it like that, I think is going to go a long way for Jamie's reign
0: thank you so much to Orlando for this super chat here and uh we got another one from Caden who says being in the arena for that was special amazing oh that's really awesome that I'm getting to be there uh you know in person I'm sure that was extra special uh thank you so much to yeah Kaden. just
1: next time Caden don't text me spoilers because you're ahead of the show uh, it was seconds uh, I'm just gonna give him shit right now because um it was one of those uh Caden had texted me about the finish to FTR versus, which you hated, by the way, but FTR versus the guns. uh, But that hadn't happened on TV yet. It was like 30 seconds ahead. You know, that's (laughs)
0: my rule when I'm live tweeting at events. I wait. I give it a minute, a minute and a half sometimes until I tweet something out because I'm like, there's going to be people that are going to be freaking pissed if they get something (laughs) spoiled, right? If it's like if if you're yeah, yeah, so I always give it like a minute, a minute and a half. But we got Tim Gordon here who sends in a super chat saying uh Jamie has a way of selling the progressive exhaustion of a hard-hitting match in a way that's just logical and makes sense.
1: She's fantastic. Thank you, Tim. Loved it. The match, like I said, looked like a struggle. That's the stuff I look for.
0: Pablo uh Kro thank you so much to Pablo who says Sheeta and Hater have been nailing it and this ruled. Uh completely agreed on both of this i completely agree. Uh thank you so much to Pablo. We got another one here from Ryan Largent who says i'm exactly at the same energy as will. This match ruined so many best of 2022 list. The top uh the top tier women cheetah hater storm should be on TV every week. I mean, I agree with, you know, obviously having all of these people on TV every week and mixing it up and whatnot. Uh, In terms of, like, the best of 2022 list, I would say there was a lot of really great uh, women's matches. Uh, My number one is still a different match. I'm not going to reveal that yet because that is going up on a separate video that I'm doing. Uh, But, yeah. Thoughts on this, Will?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm also not going to reveal mine because I got – stuff to reveal later on literally i'm doing I love
0: how we're like saving our reveals
1: well mainly like i have a big podcast i'm hyping every week uh as far as that's got a whole lot of best ofs on it and you're on that show and so literally i have to talking about the fightful awards like literally oh, i'm oh, gonna be like, what show yeah literally Wait, talking
0: about the fightful awards
1: i mean i'm talking about like as far as giving my best of, of oh, anything oh, at the I top see what you mean okay okay yeah so okay I, i've got stuff I'm saving it for confused. them.
0: I was confused. I didn't know what you were talking about. All right. Uh, thank you so much to Jennifer. Uh, sorry to Ryan, but we do have a super chat here from uh, Jennifer who says the improvement of the booking and matches for the AEW Women's Division in the last few months is my favorite thing of 2022. Here's to more in 2023. We gotta keep. We gotta keep. Uh, keep it going. Uh, honestly, we gotta keep yeah. it going.
1: I think 2023 is gonna start off on the right foot. Hold on. Uh, hold and... on.
0: Hold on. Say it again, Will. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again.
1: I, I think 2023 is going to start off on the right foot. Um, that's all I'll say on that. Uh, and I think that, because look, well, we're, we're still in percentage mode. People want my percentages. I'll tell you this. I'm not giving out a percentage again until next week. Uh, but the, no, I think there's been a lot of improvements. Even things people like didn't even realize they complained about a year ago. But uh, there was. Do you remember people used to hate the AEW Women's World Championship belt? Do you remember that? You yeah, remember it was
0: so tiny. It, looked it like was so nice tiny, suit.
1: and then they like made it bigger, but people were still like not happy with the oval design. And like they were like, all right, fuck it, let's just make it look people like a world happy championship. About that? Yeah, people weren't happy with the bigger one when uh, Shida got the second belt, and it, it was a little bit bigger, and people were like, eh, you know, this oval design still looks like a trinket. And then they were like, fuck it, we'll just make a belt that looks like a world title. And now I think it's like the best looking women's world title in professional wrestling right now. Uh, and again, that's just one of those improvements that kind of went by the wayside, but I think it's one I don't want to forget about.
0: fan 84 sends in a super chat saying A W version of Sasha Banks always delivers. Thoughts on this, Will? Uh Hmm.
1: I don't know. I think Sheeta is Sheeta. I think um one of the things that I've always said, and it continued this week, so thank you for everybody who tweeted at me, um, remembering my quote, which is that everyone's best match is with um and it doesn't matter whether it's Ty Conti, the match that got people talking was the match with Sheeta. Um Penelope Ford, her best match is Hikaru Sheeta. Um I still think that even though Thunder Rosa's had some great performances in AEW, I still think the match with Sheeta was her best, uh, with Ryu um, and Britt Baker, Britt Baker's best performance is still Hikaru Shida, uh, Serena Deeb, Hikaru Sheeta. no matter who it is, if they're having a great performance in AEW, they've likely had a match with Hikaru Sheeta, And that's the one you're talking about.
0: Hey, Will, you think Shida would give Mariah Carey her best match?
1: Yes, I think, absolutely. Who would you room for? Um, Both these guys. Both, <laughs> these, guys, both <laughs> these guys. Both these guys. Both these guys.
0: Thank you so much to Fan 84 We got a super chat here from Jason PS3 who says, I was at the show and the crowd, including me, ate that women's main event. up. Uh, she deserves to win a title in front of the AEW crowd.
1: I agree. I feel like, uh, I said this on Day After Dynamite yesterday, but I think that her... it always makes me feel a certain way thinking about how over she was getting with the fans before the pandemic and how she was becoming kind of the people's choice before the pandemic and then it was like everything shut down and she had to win a title in front of nobody and then she didn't get to defend it I mean she defended it one time in front of the fans and by that point that it was, was forgotten. the show. Yeah. Well yeah, it was forgotten and that was the show she lost the belt on. So she had to spend the entire time, despite getting over with the fans on her own, by the time that she didn't get to spend any of the time as champion defending it with the fans behind her. Um I always think about how like the last show before the pandemic was the show the Holy Sheeta chant was born on, and like didn't even get to go anywhere with that
0: that's sad all right we got one from uh Jericho leaves who says does the ref being blind and deaf bother you how long can they have their back to the ring arguing with rebel match was great but refs killing me I mean it's something we're gonna see we've seen we're gonna continue to see thoughts on this Will
1: (laughs) I mean I don't know professional wrestling this is an issue that's been in pro wrestling forever (laughs) Um, I used to appreciate the bit they used to do on BTE where um, something would happen to Rick Knox in real life, but it would have like wrestling consequences. Like Cody would like barely touch Rick Knox and he'd just like fall on the ground and uh, he's like completely knocked out or like not seeing anything happening behind him. Well, obviously referees are like the, the dumbest people on earth in the wrestling universe. Bro, and, I've been
0: going back and watching early WrestleManias and I've been seeing some stuff and I'm like, oh my God.
1: Well, the problem is refereeing and pro wrestling has not kept up in, with modern technology. Because like thinking about like refereeing, the whole idea of referees being distracted, the referee didn't see all that stuff kind of played on real sports and how in real sports that would actually happen where a referee got distracted and like it, it ended up costing the team something that used to happen. But now we have, like, video replays and challenges and things like that. So, like, that shouldn't be happening anymore. But it has become kind of a staple of professional wrestling. And they've never I can't imagine them getting rid of it
0: at all. Like, it's just something we're going to keep seeing because it's an easy way to get, you know, somebody a win or a loss or whatever the situation is. Uh, So I feel like we're just going to have to... You know, make what you do about it, whatever, nothing. Yuri yeah. uh, Landero sends in a super chat saying, unrelated to this week's events, but would you guys ever show off your broadcast sets and your favorite item on display? Both of you guys have some of the coolest sets in the biz. Feliz Navidad. Thank you so much to Uriel. Um, I've shown a couple of items, I think, on Instagram, but I have thought about doing a studio tour uh, video for my channel and, and something that I've had on my list to do.
1: Hmm. Will,
0: Will what about you? Is this something you'd be interested in?
1: Yeah, sure. Matter of fact, Denise, you wrap the show. I'm going to go play Mortal Kombat.
0: Peace. Are you out? For reals? Are you done? (laughs) Did Will just leave me here? What do I do? Uriel, what do I do? Bro, you really have a, a game right there.
1: <laughs> yes, I have a whole arcade right here. This shit is great. I'll give the tour one day. Um, yeah, I was gonna
0: say you gotta give a tour now. Like you, I didn't even realize you had a whole ass game right there. Yeah, like, um, I've done a million shows with you, and this is the first time I realized it.
1: Yeah, of course. Yes, I, I do have the. That was a, a custom built arcade that I got uh two years ago, and I'm. Uh, I love all that. And yeah, somebody asked me to show off the Mariah Shrine. Like, I have it all here because somebody asked for a ranking of my Mariah albums yesterday on uh, a podcast. And so I had to um, pull them all out, but I'll put them all back eventually.
0: All righty. All right. Thank you so much to Uriel for this generous super chat as well. Um, Okay. And we got another one here from uh, uh, Sheldon Jackson. who says, rip Suzuki gun.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, Suzuki-Goon broke up. All right, what? It's been years. And all of a sudden, Minoru Suzuki and uh, Lance Archer are no longer together.
0: Sorry, I was getting caught up with these comments here. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon for also sending this in. And I think that's it. Oh, wait, hold on. All right. No, yeah, that's definitely it. Um, Will, we need to talk about next week because we're going to be on, I think, on Friday again. Are we not? Yes, okay, we'll be on Friday. Friday. Yes. Okay, we're going to be on again next week on Friday because it's uh... – New Year's weekend or New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So, we will not be on here for this podcast on Sunday like we normally are. So, again, we will be here on Friday and then we will be back on uh, next week, the first week of January. We will be back at our normal time slot, which is each and every single Sunday. So, make sure you guys join us. Uh, if you're ever confused on what time we're going to go live, I schedule the streams way in advance here on YouTube. So, you can just come on here and check those out. And then also, um, also, I will have always on Twitter, I'll post all of the links and everything that you guys need to be informed. And before you guys go, um, I also do want to let you guys know that there's going to be so much new content coming up here on the channel. I also just posted a predictions video that I did with Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful and we did a 2023 wrestling predictions video and it's really, really fun. Uh, We each chose six things that we predict will happen in 2023. Uh, The video is doing really good. So please make sure to go check it out. Give it some extra love and all of that. But with Will, where can the people find you?
1: William RBR. It's where you can find me on all platforms. Um, I even just opened an NGL, and I, I'm mad that I did so. An NGL. Uh, yeah. Dad, uh, yeah, you're not on social media enough. Um, but what's in- an NGL? NGL, not going to lie, where people can send no, you yeah, anonymous. No, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I I'm si- like, yeah, no, yeah, not going to lie. Yeah, where people can send you anonymous questions, um, which I'm also at William Harvey. Wait, hold, RBR. On, hold
0: on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I know NGL stands for not going to lie, right? I use that all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. But there's a different thing where people go and submit questions. That's called to NGL. Yes. How am I just hearing about this?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's a thing. When you see people posting their, like, answers that don't have anybody's name attached to the question, it's for through the NGL app. And I did definitely... Ew,
0: why would you do that? Why would you subject yourself to that?
1: I know. I said I'm... Slightly regretting opening one already, but oh my if God, you, what'd you get? Like really If you want to, if stuff? you want to send me, I mean, just usual troll stuff. Um, but either way, if you want to send me any anonymous questions, I'm William RBR there too. I'm
0: gonna send you some questions.
1: <laughs> I'm barely... know, they're from me.
0: I'm gonna send you all these crazy ass questions. <laughs> Wait, and you have to publish your answer, or can you just not publish your answer? I mean, I
1: can not publish my answer, of course. Like if my phone gets notified and I'm like they're like, "Hey, Will, you suck." I'm like, "Okay, well, what am I gonna do with this?" Uh, which I have gotten, also. Thank you. Uh, See, either I can't way, I
0: subject myself to that because <laughs> I just already know that that will be a hot mess, and I don't really feel like diving into any of that.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, don't know why I did, but I did, <laughs> and so if you're if you want to, it's William RBR there. Uh, why other than will
0: that, why? i'm like literally trying to get this in my head okay whatever you know what fine well if you want to do that go and do that i'm gonna i'm gonna submit some questions someone send me the link to the app and and hey
1: i i also did a really big interview this week that'll be dropping on monday so definitely check that out i can't Uh,
0: believe you promoted that before that
1: (laughs) i did because i just remembered um but (laughs) no seriously uh and i want to say merry christmas to everybody out there uh, if you haven't thrown on your favorite Mariah Carey song uh, today, make sure to get it in and, um, or, and listen to it tomorrow. And you only got three days left before you have to put all your Mariah Carey Christmas stuff back in the vault for another year. So make sure you're listening to All I Want for Christmas Is You or Baby Please Come Home or Oh Santa or uh, Fall in Love at Christmas Time." If you haven't gotten it in yet, make sure you're listening.
0: Peace, guys.